Happy Thursday, everyone. This is Pastor Mike Matthews for the Limping for Jesus podcast. Today is going to be an extended episode because we are going to be looking at laying down our scarlet letters. What are you hanging on to as a symbol of shame that God can use as a symbol and reminder of his grace? Is it divorce? Is it adultery? Is it any type of sin or hang up or habit that you have allowed to be attached to you and identify you when in Christ we have no condemnation? Many of us label ourselves. We can't control how people will think about us. But what we must do is trust that the cross of Christ, that every sin that we were going to commit, every folly, every mistake, every sin that we knowingly did or unknowingly did, Christ died for. That's what today's episode is going to be about. I hope that after you spend time with me today, you'll have grace for yourself. The grace that was blood bought by Christ. That is my goal for today. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Help us to grow our community here at Nimping for Jesus so people can see the content. They can low Christ in hard things. Our mission here is to help people limp well for Jesus and to limp loved by Jesus. Because we're all limping, whether it's physical, emotional, relational, or spiritual, we are all limping. And the ministry here exists to help you limp well for Jesus. Okay, let's get into it. What is your scarlet letter? What are you holding on to as a symbol of shame that God can use as a reminder of his grace? I can tell you guys, as a pastor who went through a separation and divorce a couple years ago, it wrecked me. It did. Uh, the way that my local Christian community acted, uh, I, I really felt like it was a wrap for me. You know, I uh, th- almost three years removed now. Uh, I, 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 God blessed me with uh, a wife. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm. It's our second marriage for the both of us. But as a pastor who was pastoring a church, you know, uh, it, it, it hurt so bad. And um, I felt like there was this scarlet letter on me, okay? That it was a wrap for me that God wasn't, was not going to be able to use me anymore that that he was done with me 
and and you may have felt this too. You may have have gone through something, or you battle with something, whether it's sin or addiction or alcoholism or drugs or whatever is in your past. What is your scarlet letter? We all have one. And we need to understand that God does not want us dragging this around. He wants us to bring it to the foot of the cross. He wants us to he wants us to bring it to the foot of the cross and lay it there and pick up a new identity. That's what he wants for us. And I hope that today you will lay down your scarlet letter, whatever it is, whatever is that symbol of shame for you. I hope that you know after today, after we dig deeper into God's work, that you will know what God says about it. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Not every religious person, not every Christian will have grace for you. I mean, when me and my wife Sarah open up about our journeys, about going through uh um divorce, you know, she 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 had such an amazing example of never giving up on who God made you to be. She has loved me at my lowest, has reminded me of God's gifts in my life. So we all need people to remind us of who we are. But even when we share on our Facebook page, our our devotions, you know, God has led us to open up a couple of times about our, our marriage and, and our past uh, relationships and the hurt and the pain that caused the, the, the trolls that come out the most, that hurt the most, are those you claim to be Christians. They they just misquote scripture. They don't know our, they, even when we give the truth of what we have endured, they want to label us as, as in sin because we're remarried or we, we uh, I went through a, through a divorce. I'm going to tell you, they're not, there's not going to be, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Some people will try to, to put a scarlet letter on you. But the scarlet letters that hurt us the most are the ones that we place upon ourselves. The ones that we lug and that we carry around when God doesn't want us to. We are no no Christian. I don't care if you know the Bible in Hebrew and Greek. No one is perfect. No one, no Christian will go through this life without ebbs and flows in their walk. We are all going to blow it from time to time. And no matter what it is, no matter if it's a hurt, if it's a habit, if it's a hang up, we can let those things become scarlet letters in our life. But that does not identify that is not your identifier. Your identification is you are in Christ. And that brings us to our first text today. Romans 8 1. 
it's up on the screen for those who cannot see it. Um, it the reference is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We beat ourselves up when we don't need to. God's grace should remind us of how good he is, that he saves us, that he transforms us, and that he never stops working on us. Philippians 1.6, Paul says, I know that he who begun the good work in you will see it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. One day we're going to be sinless. That's not now, homies. We are going to go through life, and we are going to go through ups and downs. We're going to go through valleys. But you need to understand that in Christ, in the courtroom of heaven, when the accuser comes walking in and says, we're, we don't deserve heaven and we don't deserve to be forgiven, and he starts listing out our sins, we need to understand that our righteousness is in Christ. And that if heaven is not free by the grace of Christ, none of us are getting it. We have to understand in a humble way that we're not condemned anymore. When God looks at you, he sees his son or his daughter perfectly in Christ. The, the righteousness of Christ has been put to your account, your heavenly account. Everything that you have ever done wrong or ever been wrong done to you have been put on Jesus' account. He became that sin for us so that sin could be dealt with and righteousness could be given freely. That means, in layman terms, let's bring it to real talk. That means we can be made right with God and God does not stop loving us. Guys, when I when I went through my divorce, uh, in 2020, 2021, trying to uh, figure out life, trying to figure out custody with 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 my son and his mother. It kicked my heart. It, it kicked that event, that time period in my life, wrecked my heart and my soul and it, it took me on a two-year journey of healing and therapy and and uh, new friendships and reevaluating old friendships and seeing the people who were there for me and and uh, brought up old feelings of rejection in my life and you know I can I can only imagine what people were saying about me. But what was harder is what I was saying about myself. I I 
you know, I, I, I taught to my wife Sarah at New Year's today, uh, at New Year's. Um, and I said, I can't believe if you look at my life from the 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, you know, in 2021, I spent New Year's Eve in the hospital um, because I was a wreck. I I I battled depression my whole adult life. Um, I I know that mental health struggles is another type of stigma and scarlet letter in the church. But I opened up about it because I I know people are struggling and I know people need help. So I at the end of twenty twenty. Going into 2021, I was by myself for a week in my church's parsonage. My my wife and my son were not there at the time. And I knew I was in red alert uh, danger zone. And I checked myself into a hospital in my hometown. And I was there for a week to balance my depression out and I um through chain of events uh you know and I understand that the church had to do what the church had to do I I was no, no I was not I was not in a place to be shepherding the church at that time uh there were problems in my marriage uh, they probably could have asked me to step down years prior um, because things are not, uh, you know, we project one image online and in public, but behind closed doors, there's battles that goes on. But that time period, uh, after I got out of the hospital and 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 everything, and I I and the Lord, I talked to a group of pastors, and but before the church even had to ask me to resign, I resigned, and I went on in twenty twenty. I I was a mess. Um, my life was upside down. I was starting over uh, for the first time in my life. Uh, I was living on my own. Uh, you know, I got married at a very young age. The first time in my, in my twenties, I thought I had my life all mapped out. I was going to pastor a church my whole life. I, I, you know, I wanted a boring testimony, right? My life has been anything but. I've, God has helped me overcome so much in my life. Cerebral palsy. You know, the stigmas that come with society with that, with religious stigmas. People thinking that I'm this way because I don't have faith. That I I am this way because I don't, you know, because I'm being punished for something. Or my parents are being punished for something. I went through the gambit as a kid, being taken to faith hours and and word of faith teachers, right? All that drama, okay? 
countless surgeries. Countless surgeries. Over 20-some surgeries that helped me uh, walk better with my CP. Professionals and teachers and administrators telling my family that I would never amount to anything, right? All this rejection, all this hurt, all this pain, and God kept proving that he was using my life, right? But then this time period happened, and I just could not shake the feeling of rejection and um, hurt. But why? Because I forgot this. I forgot what what the gospel was. You know, mature Christians, we can be shaken, right? We can be um, light circumstances. You know, people who act holier than thou, you look at their life, they've never been through much. Um, you know, I, I always, you see this a lot um, uh, in the recovery community. This is one of the hardest things. I see that people who were great, so-called great sinners, when they get clean, they become great law keepers for other people. Because they feel like, oh, I got, I cleaned myself up and I pull my, I pull myself up by the boot, my bootstraps. So you need to, too. Great lawbreakers when they were sinning and, and drinking and doing drugs and, and then they become Christian or religious. They, they become killjoys, right? Because if you are clean and you are sober, you got that way by the grace of God. So, true conversion, true transformation comes when you understand that you don't deserve the change in you. That God does it, okay? And when you are a mature Christian, we tend to beat ourselves up when we blow it, right? Now, I was... I was beating myself up. I had to start over from scratch. I had to watch my property be sold. Uh, and, and I didn't have a house to go to. The, the house was part of the job. I, I, I went back into disability rights advocacy that year. Worst mistake of my life. But I had to get a job so I could provide for my son and get custody um, to get time with him. I went from being a full-time dad to a weekend lawyer, and I only did that because a good Christian friend helped me get a lawyer and and to work out that detail because the courts want to there there's a stigma of parents with disabilities that that. For I had two things going against me, right? I was a dude, and I was a dude with a disability. So I had to prove and fight and scratch for everything I got with for my son, right? And years removed, uh, uh, we're still trying to uh, do that balancing act of this new reality of of uh, 
co-parenting and step parents and and all that drama, right? But that climb, the climb from where I was to where I am now, uh, was harder because I forgot who I was in Christ. I thought God had, had abandoned me. I thought that I was doomed. That you know, I, I joked with a friend uh, year a couple years ago. I said I thought I was going to be the Charles. Spurgeon of cerebral with cerebral palsy, the cerebral palsy Charles Spurgeon. I wanted to write books and devotionals and help people trust God and 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 then this divorce thing happened and it it killed it killed my heart it killed my soul. I thought I was disqualified. I thought I was broken. I thought no one would ever love me again, and and slowly but surely, um, God was wooing me back to Himself, and to remind me to remind Michael, and I hope this reminds you too, that He never stopped being my father. I never He never stopped, and I never stopped being His child. That self-condemnation was blocking me from me seeing who I really was. When when I took this, this journey was a hard-fought journey back to realizing who I was. It started with counseling, therapy. It started with something called divorce care. But I'm going to tell you what it was. A couple months before I started dating my wife, Sarah, I was in I was in this uh, crossroad period, and I I um I I was just missing church, and I was missing fellowship and I was missing the word of God and I was missing my purpose I'm a stand up comic too I love comedy I haven't done it in like a year uh, from from 2020 I did comedy all 2020 and and it was a saving grace you know there's something to uh, you know I want to talk about it on a future episode about um, gallows humor and how dark humor can help us get through hard things but so comedy helped me heal and it was cheaper than therapy i just yelled about my life to a bunch of drunk drunk people right at bars i guess but not really so but there were a couple months before i met my wife i started to slowly creep back into church um, I started slowly um, reading my favorite passages of the Bible. I slowly started working on this page, Nimping for Jesus. I was running a, um, a devotion at the time called Imperfect Faith. Um, I started doing small videos on TikTok. 
I started to remember my purpose again. Now, I know we're not all called to vocational ministry. You may not called to you may not be called to vocational ministry. But you and I both can struggle with our identity and our purpose and think that God cannot use us because of some scarlet letter, right? So I started inching closer to the Father and to go, to the Lord. And then when me and my wife started dating and I started courting her and I started attending her church and we did, you know, we did um, uh, uh, Bible study together at her church. We even taught a session together in our while we were engaged. We got engaged at this Bible study. And then she started encouraging me to pick up limping for Jesus again and to really pour my heart and soul to help her, other hurting people. But it was her and her friends and her church and her pastor to help me see, to help me see that God was not done with me. Okay. So here's Paul's example. We are going. To, our next text is going to be First uh, Timothy uh, chapter one, verses twelve through uh, fourteen, and then and then we're going to be in verses fifteen. But here's Paul's example, or more importantly, God's. Mercy through the life of Paul. Okay, First Timothy, uh, verses twelve through fourteen. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do His work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve Him. And then verse, listen to verse thirteen. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. When life happens to us, we can be like Paul. Heart, pain, hang-up, sin, addiction, mental health, depression, Anger, everything can make us live out in unbelief. Okay? But listen, listen, I love what Paul says here. God appointed him to serve him in Acts 9. He's on his way to persecute Christians, to pray, okay, killing Christians, at least putting them in jail. And Jesus steps in. And saves Paul. And tells Paul that you will suffer much for my name. Okay? So, and then years later, Paul pins this letter. Okay? But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes in Christ Jesus. And the next passage continues this. 
this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Some translations say, I am the chief of all sinners. And then verse 16, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All the honor and glory forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one, who never dies. He is alone God. Amen. That's for us, guys. That hope is for us. So I want to ask you again, what is your scarlet letter? What thing in your life are you attaching to yourself and making it an object of shame? Here's the thing I know now. With every valley that God had allow me to go through, whether it's physical suffering, like my disability, or emotional suffering, like my depression, or even my divorce. The pain that came from that divorce, God is going to use it for His glory. It, it is a moment of God's grace because I have set across the table with countless men and women and couples. And I've done premarital counseling and postmarital counseling. I've counseled people who've been remarried. I've counseled people going through separation. I have counseled people who've gone through divorce. However, now I've lived it. Now I have lived this pain and sorrow. And now, my story, the next chapter is I I am in a another I am in the marriage. We are we are doing our best to come together and and love my son. And and we are doing our best to do life and ministry together. We get to join forces and tell people about the grace that God had showed us individually before we met and now that he has joined us god does not waste our pain there's purpose for it and he does not want your pain to become a symbol of shame let it be a trigger to show people his grace when people used to throw up my past in my in my face when I was a younger Christian leader, I used to say this. You're right. I did that. Jesus died for that too. See, when we rank sin in the church, Jesus dies for it all. He is an all-sin forgiver. He doesn't rank sin. He just dies for it. So, if you have been through some hard thing, either sin you have committed, mistakes, habits, addiction, whatever. I hope that you will know 
that you can lay your scarlet letter down at the foot of the cross and pick up a new name, a new letter that says no more condemnation, no more shame, no more guilt, grace upon grace. Jesus came to show us God's heart for us. Who would you be if you lived during that time? Would you be in with the prostitutes and tax collectors at Jesus' feet? Or are you the holier-than-thou people like the Pharisees outside of the dinner complaining about who Jesus ate with? I want to break bread with real people because I'm flawed. And I know Jesus has broken bread with me when he came into my heart and he changed my life. So I hope that today's episode has encouraged you to lay down your scarlet letter. And I hope that you will continue with us here at the community of Nipping for Jesus. If you go to our website, www.nimpingforjesus.org, you can find a form to tell us your story of how God has helped you limp well for him. Go there. Tell us. And if you're watching us on YouTube, be a subscriber to the channel. Help us grow our YouTube community to reach more people with the message of we can trust God in hard things, that we can limp well for Jesus, and that we can limp loved for Jesus. I have uh, exciting things coming up the next couple of weeks. I'm putting together a couple interviews of pastors and comics and friends of mine. I, I want to talk to people from all walks of life. I want to, them to get get an uh, opportunity to have um, a real conversation with a pastor. You know, a lot of times you don't get this access, right? You don't get to sit across the table, per se, and and have a real discussion with a pastor. I'm going to have people on the program that may not be where I am theologically, right? They may be de- deconstructing their faith. But what Nimping for Jesus d- exists for is to have these conversations to show people that, yeah, we know life is hard, but God is good, and we can... We want to be in this environment with you and to give you a real face to um, Christianity that's not perfect, that is flawed, and can admit that life is difficult. But I want to be able to have those conversations with people from all walks of life. So if you have enjoyed this episode, hit that like that like button. Hit become a subscriber. Uh, follow us on all our socials. You can find Nimping for Jesus on on Spotify, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on TikTok. We have a devotional account. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Michael J. Matthews. I put all different type of content out there. Um, but God bless you guys, and I hope that this uh, episode has. Uh, encourage you to lay down your shame and pick up God's grace. God bless. Have a great night.